Section 19 of A Day at a Time by Archibald Alexander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Section 19. The God of the Unlovable Man. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Psalm 46, verse 11. There is a phrase which echoes through the Old Testament like the refrain of some solemn music. The God of Jacob. The God of Jacob, says the 46th psalmist, is our refuge. Yet when you think of it, it is a strange title. The God of Abraham you can understand, for Abraham was a great and faithful soul. And the God of Isaac also, for Isaac was a saint. But the God of Jacob is a combination of ideas of a very different sort. For though, by God's grace, Jacob became a saint in the end, it took much discipline and trouble to mold him into a true godliness. And, for the greater part of his life, and many of his appearances on the stage of Scripture, his actions and ideals are not such as to make us admire him very passionately. We like Esau for all his faults, but we do not like Jacob for all his virtues. There is something cold and calculating about Jacob that repels affection. For all his religion, the Jacob of the earlier chapters is a mean soul, successful but unscrupulous, pious but not straight, spiritually minded but not lovable. And yet the Almighty condescends to be known as the God of Jacob, and the Bible loves that name for God. What does that say to you? To me it says this, and I think we all need to learn it, that God is the God even of unlovable people, that even unlovable people have a God, that the Lord is very gracious to sinners, we all rejoice to believe, for this is the evangel of Jesus, and he himself was found practicing it even among the waifs and outcasts of society. But that unlovable people have a God, too, is actually harder for us to realize, for the plain fact is that unlovable, disagreeable people irritate and annoy us more even than the sinners. If you question that, just analyze your attitude to the prodigal in our Lord's wonderful story compared with that toward his respectable, cold-hearted, and priggish elder brother. The brother irritates us. We call him, with some heat, as Henry Drummond did, a baby, and we want to shake him. But we never want to shake the prodigal. Now, we all have, on our list of acquaintances, people whom we have labeled disagreeable, who continually rub us the wrong way, as we put it. There is the man who is always talking about himself, and is filled with conceit like a bladder with air. There is the man, says Hazlitt in one of his essays, who asks you fifty questions as to the commonest things you advance, and you would sooner pardon a fellow who held a pistol at your breast and demanded your money. There is the ill-tempered, sulky person, and the grumbling, whining, dolorous soul never without an ache or a grievance so we can all draw up our own private index expurgatorius of the people we bar or dislike. We say these people are unlovable. And, since the corruption of the best is the worst, we are agreed that the most unlovable of all types is the religious undesirable, the smug, unctuous, oily person, for example, whose sincerity is continually in question, the narrow, intolerant little soul who cannot see any sort of truth or righteousness except his own, or the prim and pious man who is cocksure of his interest in the life to come, 
but is not straight in the affairs of the life which is now. There are others, but enumeration is not a very profitable or a pleasant task. Take them all together, gather them in a crowd in your memory, and then set yourself this exercise for your sanctification and growth in grace. Realize that the Lord your God is the God also of these unlovable people. Get that idea thoroughly into your heart and say it to yourself, if need be, many times a day. These people look up to him in worship just as you do. They have their sacred hours in his presence just as you have. There is nothing you look for to God that they do not seek, too, from him. They are not of a different order from you, but the same order. And though you do not love them, God does. Though they are outside of your circle, they are not outside of his. The God of Jacob is their God, and therein lies for them, as it did for Jacob, the hope and promise of better things to come. If we remembered that, should we not be more patient and forbearing with them than we are, keener to look for the best in them and to make the best of them than we are? Just to think of what is meant by the God of Jacob is to set our sharp and bitter judgments of others over against the infinitely tender compassion and patience and long-suffering of God. All the wonder of the divine grace is hidden in the phrase. And this is the wonder, that God never grows tired even of disagreeable people. He does not give up caring even for the unlovable. But, oh, what poor sons and daughters of the Lord Almighty we are, with our quick, rash, final judgments, and our hard, unbrotherly hearts. Did you ever ask yourself what some of these unlovable people are doing, the while you and I are telling each other how impossible and unlovable they are? George Eliot suggests it somewhere thus. While we are coldly discussing a man's career, sneering at his mistakes and labeling his opinions evangelical and narrow, or latitudinarian and pantheistic, or Anglican and supercilious, that man in his solitude is perhaps shedding hot tears because his sacrifice is a hard one, because strength and patience are failing him to speak the difficult word and to do the difficult deed. Ah, yes, it's a mercy that there is a God even for unlovable people. But there is a question that has been waiting all this time, and we must ask it before we close. What about ourselves? You and me? Are we such lovable people that we can afford to judge others? Do we never rub our friends the wrong way and, without meaning it, annoy and disappoint and repel them? Are our religious profession and our daily practice so very much in keeping that we may talk about prigs and self-righteous people as if they belonged to an entirely different world? May I speak for you all and say humbly, no? No. God knows they are not. The fact is that if we know ourselves at all well, we must be aware that we have it in us to be quite as disagreeable and selfish and self-righteous as anybody. It is only our best beloved who do not get tired of us, and sometimes even they must be hard put to it. But there is a blessed gospel for those who have made that discovery about themselves. There is a God of Jacob, Abraham is too high for us, and Isaac is too saintly, but Jacob, faulty, disappointing, unlovable, 
yet by God's grace redeemed and perfected at last, Jacob is the man for us. The hope and comfort of all who have learned what they really are is that the God of Jacob is our refuge. Prayer Bring us, we pray thee, O God, into a truer knowledge of ourselves. Make us to learn how frail we are, how poor and blind and naked, to the end we may regard with due charity the shortcomings of others, and may worthily praise thy great mercy, who yet has not turned away thy face from us. For Jesus' sake, amen. End of section 19